Fuck, I don't have a non-copyright thing. <laughs> What's nice in my guys? What? What's just okay. following orders, oh, my Hitler? <laughs> the actual fuck? So we're in a pre-show. Yeah, which means that I'm not going to edit this much. So we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch Jeffrey's poll option, which was uh, nice guys or the nice guys, which of course means that they finish last. So what year did this movie come out? 2016, a year where nothing happened. Yeah, nothing bad <laughs> happened in 2016, my dog. Nothing no, just bad. nothing happened. Nothing good or bad happened. I didn't write any songs in 2016. About how the devil was president. I just forgot about Batman versus Superman. Oh my god, I thought I rid that from my mind. But uh, thankfully, we're not talking about that movie. I know. I was looking at yeah, stuff well, that came out in uh <laughs> in 2016. I'm like, what? What movies were in 2016? So you have like Deadpool, Zootopia. I was just curious. That was a tangent. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's just this movie, I didn't even see this movie in theaters. It did really badly. Yeah, I heard zero buzz about this movie. It looked really interesting, and still does. It's just, I heard no one talk about it. It's a Shane Black picture, right? Yes. It's it's gonna be good. Do, do y'all know anything much about Shane Black? Iron Man 3, uh, something about Lethal Weapon. Okay, uh, Malachi? Um, the name seems really familiar. Oh, he directed The Predator? (laughs) Oh, Beat the Weapon! He gave a job to an actual Predator on that one. No, he's like a really good director. (laughs) He's not... He he hasn't directed that many films, but like some of the best action movies of all time... Have been written by Shane Black, Lethal yeah. Weapon, Last Action Hero, Last Boy Scout. I know there's others that I'm missing, but I'm not looking at the discography. But some of the most defining action movies of the late 80s into the 90s, written by Shane Black. Shane Black is a def- is I, I think that I would say he's more of a writer than a director, but he's also a really good director. Well, I mean, his his debut was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and that's the movie that really revitalized Robert Downey Jr.'s career. Also kind of Val Kilmer's to a lesser degree. And that explains why Iron Man 3 was so good. Also, I like The Long Kiss Goodnight. I don't think it's a great movie, but it's, it's entertaining. I have no impressions on this movie. I've heard really good things. Like, I believe Chris Stuckman, which if you guys don't know, that's a, a movie reviewer on YouTube who's, I think, decently big. Um, he's a little more mainstream than, like, your YMS or your Ralph the Movie Maker or your I Hate Everything. I think this was his favorite movie of 2016. That's the reason I was asking for the year. Um, like, he had this Over the Handmaiden by uh, Park Chan-wook, director of Old Boy. <gasps> Gasp. So I'm I'm very interested because uh I've heard a lot of good things. It's just I like no one that I know has like seen this movie <laughs> besides you, Jeffrey. Um I, I I've seen it so many times. Probably enough to make up for all of your friends. I've only heard good things and I have I'm I have positive prejudice towards it because of the director and the stars. 
I mean, Russell Crowe is usually good. Yeah, and Ryan Gosling. Oh, Ryan I mean, Gosling. What's Gosling my Ryans? Have you guys seen A Place Behind the uh, Beyond the Pines or Behind the Pines? I can't fucking remember the title. I've seen movie. parts of it. Bradley Cooper, Ray Liotta. Ray, Li- Ray Liotta. The Place be- Beyond the Pines. That's what it's called. Okay. The first third of the movie is great. The second third is good, but not as good <laughs> as the first. And then the third is shit. <laughs> But Ryan Gosling is really good in it. Yeah, um, which is maybe why that first third is so good. It's part of the reason. It's also just the most interesting. Okay, we're not talking about that movie, but Ryan Gosling is yeah. good. I've been meaning to watch Drive, which I've also heard is good. Um, I saw that someone put that as like one of their favorite movies of the decade for the 2010s, and so now I have to watch it because I, I that's another movie I've heard almost nothing about with Ryan Gosling. But everything real I see movie. Ryan Gosling is. Oh, what? Real good movie with a real good cast drive is. Same thing with this movie. Great. I mean, the leads are good, but you also have great supporting actors in the movie that are just phenomenal. Have either of you seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, not yet. Yeah. Have you seen I... the meme of how there's literally just a shot of hippie feet? On the dashboard. Okay, so that... I'm forgetting her name. Margaret Quiley, I think it is. Um, She's she's the person whose feat that is. And she's in this movie doing a very similar performance, but it's really great. And I think Ronnie will get a kick out of something that she says at one point. Well, a few things. Because the characters just praxis. Okay, so I have a question because you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jeffrey. What do you think about it? Because I'm curious. I enjoyed it, but I can understand other people not being as enthused. Yeah, I think it's not a terrible... Well, actually, I don't want to watch it ever again, but it's directed very well. Like, on a technical level, um, like, the actual directing is solid. I think it's one of the better, like, looking Tarantino films. I also think that the script sucks, but I, I have my own problems with that movie. I'm more excited for this movie. I keep trying not to be tangentially minded, but that's just how my brain is. I get it. So y'all ready to watch the movie? I'm never very ready. You'll, you'll, All right. you'll have to take me alive. All right. I have my podcasting master sword right here. Come with me to watch the movie if you want to live. I don't know where my podcasting dagger is. Whoa. But Am I the it. only responsible adult here? Wait, I have my podcasting lady short sword. Oh, by the way, uh, happy birthday, Jeffrey. Oh, thank you has now just informed me that it is her podcasting lady short sword that I am borrowing for this bit. You you respect that. Or I'll yeet you. I respect MB. Hell yeah. Show me some respect. Well, gender fluids. I mean, that's a kind of MB. If you ask me. This podcast resident MB. But 
speaking of residency, let's all check into the Watching the Night Skies Hotel. Is that? All right, we're going to watch the Night Skies. After these products and services. Let's go. Products and services. These products will interrogate a mermaid. These products won't just follow orders, okay? Because you're gonna have a, you're gonna order it to record on separate tracks, and it's gonna say no. Okay, bye. I've hit the fucking record button. Do you have your weapons? I I've got a plank of wood, and it yeah. says we gave you wood. Kinky. I'm swinging my sword around wildly. Robert Evans would be proud. I don't got shit. Wait, I got a fork. I have a pod- I have two podcasting forks. I'm dual wielding. Oh shit. So we watched the nice guys directed Wait, we, by We Andy did. Black. Uh Someone has some background noise. Malachi, are we yeah. going to have to hide your body again? <laughs> like we did to that porn producer played by Robert Downey Jr. I knew it was going to be the <laughs> porn producer. I missed the cameo. I knew, I, knew that's, I knew in my heart of hearts that Tony Stark was the person in the world. Shut up, Bijou. You don't get a cameo. I mean, it was kind of... I could have said it earlier, not, like, right as they were introducing, like, oh, who is this new character? Like, I I asked if it was uh, the producer, right? Yeah. You, You asked. But it was also right after they had, like, introduced the character, so it was kind of on the note like you probably would have come up with it anyway yeah but like if i, mean, I did it at the start of the movie it'd be a little less clear yeah uh while we were watching the movie i shaved some of my facial hair and i think it looks good are you gonna put that up in the uh, show notes uh i'll I mean, I tweeted it, so I'll probably put a link to the tweet, I guess, in the show notes. Valid. Uh, I'm not quite done with it yet. I still need to kind of shave my neck and stuff. <clears throat> do some... I need to do, like, the kneading, it, kneading up of it that I would have done anyways. So Yeah. But, uh, what did you think of the... What did you think of the movie, friends? I liked it a lot. It's fun to watch. I saw a lot of uh, my D and D character and thus myself and Ryan Gosling, but that's just par for the course. Oh yeah, but you don't know we should be getting a little Um, what the fuck are we talking about? I've lost my train uh, of thought. I'm a simple MB. I see Ryan Gosling on screen and I go, "That me." Yeah. Oh, this film reminds me of a lot of uh. L.A. Confidential, uh, another movie with Russell Crowe in it. Yep. Um, yeah, cause they both have Russell Crowe and take place in L.A. Yeah, and they're both Wait. time pieces, too, because L.A. Confidential takes place, I think, in the mid-50s? 
This takes place it, in 77, I think. It gave me a lot of uh, L.A. Noir mixed with GTA Vice City vibes. So I really want Rockstar to make a video game out of this. Because I am part of the... Uh, what's the opposite of a master race? I am part of the degenerate race uh, of gamers. Oh, the master no. race, of course, is non-gamers. Ronnie, sit down. <laughs> I am sitting. Good. Never stand. Standing is, uh, but Jeffrey, I need standing to stand. is illegal for the gamer. Oh, is that why we're all gonna get deported? Uh, you know, I'm not at liberty to say. Jeffrey, are you a gamer? I have never played a video game before, and you can never prove that. Time machine noise. Jeffrey, what are you doing? I'm playing Fallout 4. Wow, nice. Who are you, Bellum? <laughs> what a funny joke. This will never come to bite me. <laughs> Returning noise. So, Jeffrey, I can't prove that you've played video games. However, my time machine can. It's an Apple time machine, which means hey, I can call the backup. Hey, Malachi. Yeah. Want to help me dispose... The body of a time oh, machine. Oh, and speaking of Malachi... Are we actually going to put that in? <laughs> if I have the time. <laughs> Can you do the crime? It doesn't get added in. Can you do the crime, though? I have a day. I have a day. We can, we can do that. If you don't have the time, you should probably just do the crime. Oh, so... Can we be a gamer? This is now that we've successfully derailed the conversation. Uh, yeah. Shane Black. <laughs> I was going to do a completely different segue. I was going to say, you know, let's talk about some railing. And speaking nice. of railing, a film featuring a lot of porn. Nice. The film within the film. There's a amount of porn in this movie. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the film, we see the Iron Man 3 kid, and then he sees some, he's looking at some boobies. And then he goes outside and he sees some boobies. And both times I was just like, boobies. Yeah, mm, and they were the boobies. same boobs. Yeah, they were some pretty nice boobs. There were goosebumps on the boobies, and I was like, boobies. Yeah. Uh, but I, I actually do have some notes. Since this, I have a question, because this is a Shane Black film. Yeah. Uh, was the Predator who he gave a lot of jobs to on set for this one? Uh... I'm going to look that up. Because this film had a lot of kids in it. I don't know if that person was involved with this movie or if they were just involved with The Predator, but I will uh, check I that. Know, I know they were involved in Iron Man 3. And this film in particular makes me feel uncomfortable with like the prospect of that dude being involved. Because it's like teenage girls in particular that were involved in this yeah. movie. And by the way, child I, acting, I, not bad. Yeah. And his his uh particular crime involved a fifteen year old girl who was like his niece. I will look that up. Do we I know that actually... person's name? What? For the predator dude? Yeah. Uh you can look up Look up the predator in me too, and that'll get you the name. And 
dude's filmography is easy to find. I think he's I, uh, stunt work. I'm not having the easiest time looking this up. It's not. It doesn't want to come up, which is uh, very odd. Very odd, because you've probably also like seen this information too before. I have right? seen this information before. I'm go I'm using DuckDuckGo to Google the Predator hashtag Me Too. I am not going to say it either, but let's see if they worked on this motherfucker. Did they? Uh, if he... He's in the movie. Who does he play? Perry, the Perry, the lawyer. Oh, no. <sighs> It's if so it's Ill. any consolation, I do not recall that role at all, and I think if anything, it's at the end in the courthouse. Yeah, I think dude only does bit roles, so it's but... still unfortunate that you know. Oh wait, no, I uh do 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 the when they get uh do do. do. The great thing about podcasting is when you're just describing the movie. Yeah. After the shootout with John Boy and they get arrested, when they leave the police station, the person with the goatee that's just like, you should have a fucking statue of me in your house. Oh. That person. Damn it. Now it's even more ruined. That guy was memorable. Yeah. But you know who won't do a, a sex crime with her 15-year-old niece? Are you going to fucking say the products and services of, of this podcast? No, uh, Hitler. Oh, wait, okay. never mind. I mean, this, this, I, do like, I do like the Ryan Gosling-Hitler references. <laughs> I thought they were funny. Because they're just all over the place. Malachi, you were saying something? Um, I can't think of... Oh, uh, Margaret Qualley... Uh... Who played Correct. Amelia in the movie and was in Once Upon a Time. She was really good in this movie. Yeah. Yep. She was Praxis. Also, I'm still hearing a little background noise, like a TV or something. Okay. Do we have to Do we have to kidnap Malachi and put him in a quiet room? No, we're fine. Alright, we're fine. Alright. So yeah, oh. Praxis girl. She uh I think that that actress should do, uh, have you seen, like, the little vine or whatever where it's, like, this girl who's, like, an online leftist girl and she's just, like, praxis and stuff like that? I am unfamiliar. I, I want to I wanna see that remade, but it's the, uh, the actress in this one. Because that would be, uh, dope. Also, I want to hear her say, eat the rich. I think Keith David was also really good in this movie. And then I want her to eat the rich. Yes, that is that is just Keith David. Put Keith David in more things. Oh, I, I have fucking love Keith David. Have Keith David eat the rich. I mean, even even the like the I forget how much of Community he was in, but even when he was in Community, he was pretty good. 
Right now, I have to watch Community because Keith David's in it. I haven't watched Community. You he's in the later. Community? He's in some of the later seasons. You haven't watched Community? No, I haven't. Get out. You are canceled. It, it never looked appealing to me. You're Get the canceled. fuck out. Get the fuck out. You are so fucking canceled, bro. Why the fuck am I canceled for not watching Community? Get you out. Just fucking are. You would understand it if you watched Community. Keith David is the is sometimes the best part of things. Like you know, he's my favorite part about Princess and the Frog. He's my favorite part of Modern Warfare too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> He's in 13 episodes of Community between 2012 and 2015. God, I feel fucking old. But yeah, you're uh, cancelled until you watch Community. Okay. Like, oh my goodness, do I feel old. Have you watched Rick and Morty, Malachi? I fucking... Okay. Side tangent. I watched the first season of Rick and Morty and I thought it wasn't very funny. And it wasn't very smart, and I just didn't like it, so I did not watch any more of it. I just, eh, it wasn't for me. To be honest, you actually have to have a uh, low intelligence to uh, appreciate the humor of Rick and Morty. To be fair, you have to have very low wisdom to like Rick and Morty. <laughs> no, actually, you have to have low intelligence, high wisdom. Hmm. Lowest yeah, you're charisma. Right. <laughs> You're right, because the jokes aren't really smart, but you kind of have to think about them sometimes. And you so can't just, just communicate Ryland. that you like a thing. You have to scream about it. Me like Rick Morty. Be like Rick Morty? Be like, Mo- yeah. be like Rick Morty? Be like Morty Rick? Is that what you're saying, Rylan? No. If you're a Rick, be more like your Morty. If you're a Morty, be more like your Rick. Wow, that deep. And speaking of deep, although not deep at all, uh, the first <laughs> first entry in my notes is just the phrase, "How do you like my car, big boy?" How do you how do you like my car, big boy? Who says that in the film? That is, it's the first line of the film, and it's spoken by the porn actress Misty Mountains. But like it's also the movie. it's also the name of the film. Oh, that is the name of the that's, film. That's why I like it's I like the fact that it's literally the first line that you hear. Oh, I, I didn't catch that. That's really interesting. Yeah, there's I'll a lot of that. that's what most of my notes are like note noting the little things like they set up although it's pretty much paid off right after that the fact that Healy is divorced Russell Crowe's character right before not long after but they do the equanimity scene where it just goes to a flashback of him and his wife at the time I'm fucking mm-hmm. your father <laughs> we've all been there right no comment of- um <laughs> Of course, they show the auto show early on before you have any idea that it has any semblance to the plot. Mm-hmm. Later oh, okay. on, at you then see 
before the confrontation, the not before the confrontation, uh, when Russell Crowe is going to go to Ryan Gosling's house. I'm just I, I can say their characters' names, but for convenience, I'm going to say the actors' names. You see on the TV the Waltons, and right before it's cut off, the person you see on the screen being introduced is John, the character John Boy. And of course, the assassin character is called John Boy. Played by Matt Bomber? Uh, yes. Boomer? Which Bomber. I love. Yeah. He's not in the film for long. No, but he's good. I, I like when he's on screen in most things. Like, yeah. he was the best part of, uh, fuck. Magic when Mike? He's... Well, I haven't seen Magic Mike. Uh, I was going to say the shitty, the shitty season of uh, American Horror Story, uh, Carnival, or, yeah. The shitty season of American Horror Story. Do you know how little that narrows it down? Fuck, what's his name? Um... Oh, shit. Uh, Matt, Matt Bomber's from the uh, St. Louis area. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Damn, maybe you can meet up and get a coffee. A hot coffee. It's 420. Ha, a hot coffee mod? Are, are they gonna fuck? Are you gonna fuck them? I don't know, Malachi, are you? What? Do it! I got very confused very fast. Are you okay. gonna sex him? I'm not... I don't have the ability to sex Matt Bomber. Dream bigger. I believe in you. My partner just called me a fucking coward. I See, just, I believe, partner. we believe in you. We all fucking believe in you. We believe in you. Okay, we're in a quarantine. Shoot your shot. <laughs> yeah, that's a point. Whoa, dude. The Ma- Margaret. Mar- Twiley? How do you say that? Yeah, I... uh, her, her last name has my last name in it. That's, that's pretty cool. Quali? Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Oh shit, she was in Death Stranding? I believe so. She's like kind of like playing almost a hippie character in that as well, I think is my understanding. Wait, ooh, there's a fi- Oh my god, sorry. I am falling down a fucking rabbit hole. I just saw that there was a modern adaption of Native Son by uh Richard Wright. Uh, that she's in. Now I have to watch that. Fuck. Wait. He, wait. Bomber was in. Was on Chuck. Who'd he play on Chuck? Was it? Was it? Uh. Shit. What's his name? Fucking. Chuck's. Uh. Chuck's roommate from college. Is that who he played? I have no idea. But this has been a nice entry into IMDB corner or I am in IMDB or IMDB <laughs> is in me the name will come later but I'll come now oh Ooh, did you come good sadly no he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning that movie fucking sucks <laughs> that movie's terrible <laughs> I love how ecstatic you are about that this movie That's a childhood shitty movie is not good. It's so bad. 
that's uh, not good for me. Yeah, he was Bryce. He was Bryce Larkin. Who... But... <laughs> Maybe we should yeah. talk about the movie. <laughs> I have more notes if anyone's interested. Uh, I only have one note, but we're not to that point in the movie, so I won't bring it up until then. Okay. Wait, we're doing these in chronological order? I mean, not really. I've kind of gone all... I've gone a little bit all over the place, just kind of keeping with the flow. My notes are in chronological order. Not really. Just the appearance of it. Do you want to throw it to an ad? Or do you want to throw Uh... it to me doing my signature cocktail for this episode? Uh, I'll make a decision. Cocktail. Yeah. Okay, off to me. But we're not going to talk about it here because I haven't made it yet. So most of this is going to be just me talking about the thing. All right, on today's cocktail portion of Cannabis Cocktails and Cinema, I'm going to be making a take on the Bourbon Martini. Now, I'm going with Bib and Tucker, which is a Tennessee whiskey, but really any bourbon will do. By Tennessee whiskey, I mean it is a whiskey produced in Tennessee, although it is actually labeled as a bourbon. Fun fact. Although, is it that fun? But speaking of not-so-fun things, the bourbon martini. I took two ounces of bourbon, Bib and Tucker, one ounce of dry vermouth, Martini and Ross, Put that in a shaker tin filled with ice and gave it a good stir. Didn't shake it, just gave it a good, rigorous stir. Then strain that, kind of a half strain, not half strain, kind of a double strain, but not quite. Just more of a half, half-assed double strain. Following that, took a good hearty peel of lemon expressed the oils on the rim, gave it a good clap, gave it a good rim shot, and added in a dash or three of orange bitters. But enough of me. Back to the podcast. And we're back. That was a good sounding cocktail. No, yeah, it I wasn't. I had the things to make. Okay. <laughs> Do you even know what I made? No, I was about Aren't to ask. Are you making a you bourbon made. martini? I'm making a bourbon martini. I'd try it. I so, don't think, I think it sounds awful. What's in a bourbon martini? Okay, bourbon? so I'm doing. I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm. I went with a specific style, and hopefully, it turns out the way I wanted to because I haven't made it yet. We'll see retroactively what I thought of it. I'm thinking I won't like it. I'm using Bib and Tucker, which is a bourbon, and it is produced in Tennessee, distilled in Tennessee. Most likely, George Dickel, it has this real herbal quality to it that is reminiscent of certain kinds of gin, but not, it still tastes like bourbon. It just has this earthy quality to it. Driver Moon. Bourbon. You stir that, you strain that, and then you add a thing of lemon peel. And that's basically it. I also added a, a dash or two of orange bitters. But that's mm-hmm. it. It's pretty simple and uh, straightforward. It's kind of the only drink I could make from this movie outside of just vaguely pouring some scotch. Uh, 
What did everyone take part in uh, in getting inebriated while watching the movie? I smoked some Pacific Stone uh, 805 Blue, uh, which is weed. The ingredients of which are premium California cannabis flower. The directions say smoke, parenthetically, responsibly. Damn, son. Yeah. What do you have, Jeffrey? <laughs> I'm kind of interested in what you had. I just made a martini future in the future past. <laughs> Jeffrey, didn't you drink scotch? Past. <laughs> yes, I basically just drank sc- I I had a I had some Lafroig 16. And right now, I then poured a small amount of a Scotch Malt Whiskey Society cask release called Vineyard Mudguard, which is an 11-year-old Fetter Karen that smells very whiny. But uh, mm. Malachi, what, 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 what gets you crunk? I had a cranberry sour. And what, yeah. It's, um, I believe it's just, uh, Shaw Jameson, uh, or about an ounce or two of cranberry juice, three ounces of cranberry juice. Oh. Um. I also said simple syrup and... Simple syrup and lime juice. And then simple syrup and lime juice. It's good. It tasted like what I imagined a cranberry Sprite would taste like, but alcoholic. Mmm, cranberry sprite. So you don't make your sours with an egg white? You don't uh, make your sours with a coon? You coward. <laughs> no, that's hey, that I But also, it might taste better with an egg white. Flexing on us by having his partner cameo in the podcast. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm drinking. And then they decide to run gleefully into the kitchen and start making something to drink. Okay, my wife just goes to a different school. <laughs> I have a wife. She's just in Germany. That's that's you right now. Make sure tell me your girlfriend lives in Canada. I mean, my best friend lives in Canada. Like, okay. Weird flex, but okay. My best friend lives <laughs> in Texas. That one's sad. Oof. I'm also sad, because both my best friends live in Texas. This got very sad on this Nice Guys podcast. But well, you know what? You know what? Th- these guys that are nice are actually... Not very nice. Oh, especially yeah. Russell Crowe. Oh my god. <laughs> the one who you saw a lot of your D&D character in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like I, I, I like the character. It's very brutal. Uh, actually kind of reminds me of his character in... Um, fuck, what's that movie with the Denzel Washington? Where he plays a cop. Uh, American Gangster. Thank you, Jeffrey. Except an American gangster, he was a decent person. (laughs) You know who else was just following orders? Hitler. No, Cousin Lanny. 
Homestead. That'll make sense if you watch our our uh, our D and D campaign. I'm in the, your D and D campaign, and I don't quite follow. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make sense. Okay, uh, in Jeffrey, did you have more notes? Oh no, I have a fuck ton more notes. Okay, I I want to know like. I, I want you to lead this discussion since you've seen this movie so much. Okay. So I, I appreciate the fact that they set up Ryan Gosling, March's dead wife early on, but in a in a more subtle way of just he's talking about why he is, and it's just like, and then my wife died. The fact Oof. that his wife is English, which then comes into effect of with the well, it's not this. It's probably flat because England reasons mm-hmm. and just all the tiny things leading up to that. The fact that he can't smell and the Lots fact that check-offs. the house burned down because there's a lot of checkoffs. Checkoffs, old lady. Was wondering the not setup, but when you first see the daughter of the character Holly. When you first see Holly, she is at the old house, just pacing around, reading, before it's even established what she's doing. But there's interest in that area beforehand. There even is... There's the whole thing with the ankle gun. I'm not sure if you followed it. Did you? Was yeah. that a dream? It was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, like, everything from the start of that, the, they get the money. The second they're driving, it's apparent, It's basically all a dream. And they set it up in such a way where you're still kind of fooled. It's just like, may, I don't, maybe it was there. But even before that, there's the scene of Ryan Gosling sitting on the pool, the diving board. And Russell Crowe explains the robbery. But he falls asleep mid-scene. And that's in a, also kind of setting up just the falling asleep aspect. Not setting up, but it's just like these Hannibal's little nuggets. nuggets. <coughs> Hannibal's and even, in this. Even the... What? Hannibal's in this is the... Uh, is is Fly? Yeah. Hannibal the character's Perez. the... But... Plays Bumble. Bumble, sorry. Yeah. The bum. I fly. He flies everywhere. I, I love that. I love that. And even that, you see Ryan Gosling reading an article about the killer bees. He mentions killer bees. There's the comments about the smog, and it's just this intermeshing thing of, oh, this is probably what this character would be dreaming of, considering what they were taking in, in terms of their thoughts at the time. And the same thing with Nixon. When he's in the bathroom at the bowling alley, he's reading a new. He's reading a an like a what is it? He's reading a magazine about Nixon, or that Nixon's on the front cover of. Also funny because he's using a photo of of Dick to cover his dick. <laughs> and there's that story involving Nixon and yeah. seeing Nixon's face before he died. Yeah. Yeah. But even at at the at the same time, the way that scene is used is more so to slightly subvert the action hero thing of of a conversation like that, 
because Ryan Gosling's just like, you know, you could just say there's two ways of thing seeing things. Why do you have to? And then there's the scene where he's at the bottom of the pool and sees Richard Nixon. Yep. Yeah, that that scene where where uh, where he's like, oh, you could just say this instead of going on that epic story. It's like, did you not like the story? He's just like, I mean, like it was. You can tell he's like, yeah, it was a good story, but like, why? That was very edgy in Zarm. Except it was role reversal for some reason. Although I do think that if Zarm went off on a thread, Edgy would react that way. So. And even I, I love. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I just love how these characters are introduced to each other where Russell Crowe comes in and breaks <laughs> Gosling's arm. Yep. <laughs> I fucking love this. It, it it's a it was a good setup. I, I I really like films that have like a good setup end up like the setup of the film is like half of it, I feel like, with a lot of stuff. Like for instance with like old boy, the setup is that this guy's been locked up for fifteen years and he's going to go get revenge on the person who locked him for fifteen years. That's I'm sure a, glad... oh sorry. Oh. Uh but that's like an interesting setup. Uh I think Psycho's the same way, like, okay, weapon if for, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie, you're following someone who isn't the main character. That type of shit. I think that can, that's a hallmark of, like, really good filmmaking is being able to have, like, those interesting setups. I think Predator, actually, which is a Shane Black film, uh, has a really good setup of just, like, oh, yeah, we have these badass, like, army guys ready to destroy shit and then this alien comes and fucks all of them up i got i'm not sure how involved he was with the predator i think it was more like a script consultant script doctor i don't think his name's actually on the film google machine uncredited script doctor find me answer uncredited script doctor i'm answering oh he's he plays hawkins in that that's what it is. He plays Hawkins in uh, the original Predator. Yeah. A Shane Black involved film, though. And then oh, no. also, he did the remake. Yeah, he did a remake of it. Or, the weird thing is, it's in canon with the the rest of the Predator movies. Oh, God. Soft reboot? Yeah. They're kind of... I think it's what they're doing with the Matrix movie that's eventually coming out. I hope the Wachowski sisters make a good movie. Yes. I hope that there's more than two Matrix movies that I can enjoy being the first one in the Animatrix. Which is... Yeah. I hope that there are as many enjoyable Matrix movies as there are genders. God, get the fuck out. <laughs> I just want infinite Matrix movies. Trans women deserve work. Yes, that is true. I like how from the beginning there was already a thing with collusion. Just this notion of there's something, something collusion with the automakers and smog control device. Before you even actually get to any of the collusion between the federal government and the automakers. Yeah, I, I found that really interesting. I also liked how they used the the smog stuff with the birds and uh, the protests that she was leading. Like, it it kind of gives a hint on 
the inf- why she's hiding out uh, for Amelia and why she's like trying to essentially escape everybody and Layla. Uh, yeah. It was a subtle way of pointing at what the film is about. It's it's an I I love that especially, uh, and, and that scene's just fucking hilarious. What is just like, yeah. Well, it's it's her protest group. It's just fun. I mean, praxis. So much praxis um, yeah. is in this movie. True praxis. It's her protest group. Hey guys, do you think this is her protest group? We'll never know. Next session, just tales. We're definitely going to do some uh. Some nice guys references, right, Malachi? I mean, maybe. References to what? I don't know. Hitler. But if you, once again, going back to the D&D campaign that we're in, and this is probably one of the only episodes where we can really keep this stuff in, without it necessarily being an issue of opulence because of the fact that I've made numerous memes for Discord and Tales, the name of the campaign, involving stills from this movie, going all the way back to a kind of hinted-at team-up between my character and Malachi's character with just the nice guys, although that's slightly more literal, although not exactly. Yeah. Zarm, how nice are you? My character has layers. In the latest episode, I'm not sure if you you caught the meme that I made, the we're being followed one. It's the scene from when they get Amelia and she's in the bed and they're all just looking at her. I'm not sure if you noticed that. Oh, I didn't notice that part. Um, I also like how they set up the fact that there were two people following her, and then you meet Keith David, and then I think the character's name ends up being Blueface. Yes, it does. I don't even remember. I don't know Keith David's character's name. I it's just know older it's Keith guy. David and Blueface. His, his name credit is Older Guy. I not... Keith, All you need to know is Keith David and Blueface. <laughs> No, but I like the idea of the idea. Yeah, I like how it's set up of, well, you know, Ryan Gosling's looking for Amelia. But what about two people? There's only one. Uh, And then you actually find out, oh, no, it's two different people. So the the meme you're talking about that's still the nice guy is is the one where it's uh, edgy, lazy, whining in his arm. Who's, uh, whose bodies are their heads on? Uh, uh left, like... to, left to right, it's Ryan Gosling, Holly's Ay. friend, Holly, and then Russell Crowe. Hey, We did it. I know, right? Fuck yeah. Also, it's it, kind right? of, you're closer in height. It makes more sense. Because yeah. Lassie and Winan are, are, I think, on the shorter side. I yeah. mean, Winan's definitely shortest, but comparatively. Yep. Lassie's like 5'7". Anyway, but Mike, 
I, I can really talk about almost anything in the film. I love the soundtrack. This is a film that uses both the studio version of Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss and also is the Pina Colada song Escape by the person who did the Pina Colada song Escape in a film context, and I really liked it. Although I do think the Pina Colada song was in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But doesn't matter. I don't. It's one of those song. Those are songs that I don't think really translate well to film. Or that doesn't make sense. Those are songs that can be used in a film in a very bad way, in an obnoxious way, and they don't. I mean, even September is just like masterfully used. There's just a full-on recreation of Earth, Wind, and Fire just at the party. And no one mentions it. It's just never talked about. Yeah, I like that. You know what I also loved? This is a film set in 1977 and no one's talking about Star Wars. True. Uh, the original uh, New Hope came out in 1977. Well, no, I know, but like, it depends on when... I mean, when yeah. it came out, and also, like, would these people be aware of Star like, maybe, if there was a sequel, Holly would have definitely gone and seen Star Wars. Almost definitely. But also, like, it's it's not like using the time period to be like, ha-ha, cultural reference, Star Wars exists, hardy-har-har. It's not, it's not that, like, it uses the time period very elegantly. Yeah. It does. With tact. It roots, yeah. Like, you know how I mentioned, like, the odd news stories in The Joker? Yes. Yeah. That sort of, they do a similar thing with the killer bees in this film. But it is actually relevant to the the movie, but there are these just odd news stories that would come up of just like this feeling of impending doom that a lot of the 70s, particularly the late 70s with things like the um I'm forgetting the name, oh, the gas issue. What was it? The gas shortage or yeah, the gas shortage. Yeah, the gas crisis. On that stand-up guys doing the like turning corn into gas. Yeah, yeah. Bit. That's true. Oh yeah, they did that at the very beginning of the movie. Holy shit! Yeah. And And what I I love that that is in there. Not specifically that. Like I don't. I don't think that. That actor is any like comedian of note, but I love that they place the films or at least reference <laughs> L.A. locations like the Hollywood Tower, Tower Records, and of course the Comedy Store, which is where that happens. And it's it's kind of amusing that one of the main characters just lives above the Comedy Store. And if you were paying attention, I think one of the names on the billing for the comedy store for that night was Ken Allen. I, I, I did see that. Yeah. Noted cocaine trafficker Tim Allen. Yeah. Oh, wait. Noted cocaine trafficker and all-around douchebag Tim Allen. Not because of the cocaine thing. The cocaine thing's kind of cool. No, cocaine's fine. Yeah. Jeffrey Petrone. thing. If it was just a cocaine trafficker, I'd be like, this okay, is a pretty it's cool not explicit. Okay, it's not explicitly that he is that. It's he's a specific 
kind of that. That's just uh, like it wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want you to traffic cocaine, but it's fine that he did it. Yeah. <sighs> but uh, you know who won't traffic cocaine and then shame you for it? The products and services of this fine podcast. The products and services of this fine podcast. Consider these products and services your friends and family. Love them. Support cherish them. sex workers. Support sex workers. This podcast is brought to you by sex workers. Man, the sponsor is going to be really mad about that. Give me money. Give me money. I deserve an Oscar. Oscar? I don't know. Yeah. An um, Oscar for capitalism? Fuck capitalism. Welcome back from the product and services. Nice guys, finish last, that's why I'll treat you like trash hits. Not what I really want to do. You only date bad guys, so I'll give you my best try to treat you the way you want me to. I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, oh, do people right. not know you can be a piece of shit and also not treat your significant other like shit? Like, you can still be just like a, like a shit, but not like... Like, you cannot have a toxic toxic relationship i mean it would still be toxic but you can have it be toxic without it being toxic toxic no the song's a satire on that mindset and actually uh in the video they say that they basically say that's dumb it's it still bums me the fuck out yeah and then uh and in the song it's not even about like dating her it's about like not not buying her dinner and stuff yeah and it actually says uh I'm gonna beat you. What? In every competition going out with the girls, you better get my. Uh, that's just. I wasn't assuming the song was gonna literally say that, though. Even in that context. Yeah, it's more about soft, quote unquote, soft emotional abuse than hard physical abuse. Quote unquote, soft. Thanks. I'm. I'm thanks. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Anyway, we're continuing our conversation with uh, nice guys. Um, Jeffrey, do you have more notes? Uh, so I basically went through all of my notes because I only got to shit. Let me actually see where my notes stopped because I did a detailed watch for notes and it basically stops as uh, explaining the house. The di- explaining what the diner guy thing is, and then protect Amelia, and the house burnt down. The Holly explaining that the house burnt down to Healy, aka Russell Crowe. But I do have some thoughts on some things. I do think it's interesting that the person played by Kim Bassinger, who I feel like does a great job, Amelia's mother, Judith Judith Cutner. 
does a great job in the film, of course, but I find it interesting that, A, I'm pretty sure she did try to get all the people involved with the film killed, but also did want to keep her daughter safe in this very much like, oh no, but like, I'm powerful, the rules don't apply to me, and all the other people are just involved or like, but no, we need to kill the witness. I... I'm okay with hearing y- y'all's feelings about the movie. It doesn't need to be me. I have an observation. Okay. Malachi, it's then about... Ronnie. Okay. okay. I'm the teacher uh... now. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Zerp, at your serp. So, um, I found the mom being the bad guy very predictable. The two notes I have written down is I thought I was going to take more notes, so I put like character names and their actor names, and then I put mom did it as soon as she showed up on screen. <laughs> I mean, she didn't do it's not She was exactly behind everything. In. I mean, she was how do I say this? She wasn't so much behind everything as the people in Detroit were, and there does feel, there does seem to be a layer of removal between even her and her secretary, because her secretary lures the two people out, and then John Boy goes in to try and kill Amelia. Like, she is, the secretary is working for the people in Detroit. So you have these, you have the Detroit people, and then you have the mom, and the Detroit people are more explicitly willing to break the law and send assassins. And Judas Kuttner is just kind of enabling that, is my under- is how I would read that, if that makes Like, we don't interact with, like, the people really doing most of the crime people for most of the, the film. Or at least, am I making sense? Am I, like, losing the script? You're making sense. No, you're but, making sense. But also, Malachi's statement is still valid. She's still, like, the villain. You're both correct. You're both just so correct. But my uh, my observation is that um, movies two and three that we, we've done are just um, what movie one wants to be. But done correctly. <laughs> I mean, down not... to even uh, down to this movie even starting with like a period accurate uh, Warner Brothers logo. Yeah, I mean, this is just so much. It's a it's a different kind of seventies period piece. It's a good one. That's the difference. <laughs> I mean, it is, I'm just saying stylistically, it's more similar to like a Boogie Nights than anything uh, else. I fucking love Boogie Nights. It's such a good movie. We we gonna watch some Paul Thomas Anderson movies on here. Yeah, I was thinking about putting Inherent Vice, but like, there's one scene that's kind of iffy. I was thinking about There Will Be Blood. I haven't seen it yet, but I need to. And so I if still, I can... I've seen it, but like I haven't like intentionally watched it. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix right now. Ooh. Paul Dano's a real motherfucker in that movie. Things being on Netflix is tight. True. I really like how they... <laughs> Ryan Gosling's alcohol... Like problems in this movie are kind of funny 
<laughs> like, I like did. how they portray him as like not like as a sad alcoholic, but as like a kind of comedic drunk works in live action. Unlike a lot of live action movies. Yeah, I mean it's it's Ryan Gosling. Come on. I mean, yeah. It's the middle of the, it's the afternoon. We just got paid, and we're all having a drink. He's the only one drinking. That's, that's yep. <laughs> Such a fucking edgy line. Holy shit. No, but, um, what was I gonna say? No, uh, Ryan Gosling can make, uh, threatening suicide to get a date, uh, charming. So. Which movie's that? The Notebook. Hey, uh, You didn't know that? You didn't know that that's, like, how the epic romance in The Notebook starts? I... A threat of suicide? I don't like it. That's I bad. Can I someone... Is the notebook a Nicholas Sparks or a fucking yeah, John it's Green? Nicholas Sparks. Okay, thank God. I was going to say, John... get, fucking, get the fucking podcast bros or whatever the fuck it is on the line. It's the Vlog Brothers, but they do have Get them on the fucking phone! You're <laughs> Hank and John. WTF, bro. <laughs> Hank and John. You've lost subscriber. Also, BRB, have to subscribe to the channel. Boom, done. Now you've lost subscriber. I gotta subscribe so I can leave hate comments on all your videos and continuously oh, watch God. them with a hate boner. Just, that's oh, how I boycotting works. When I was a Republican, John <laughs> Green actually replied to one of my comments. I'm ashamed. Oh. Yeah. No, it, it, it had to do with... To be fair... Uh, I still partially agree with Republican me on in like at least in spirit. I just don't know if it was a fitting time for it, if that makes sense. Because the concept was that I, I didn't think that they should uh, put their biases into what's supposed to be educational videos. Uh, it depends on what you mean by biases, because sometimes biases are giving people information. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just it was it was like political bias. I I I don't know if that event in particular because it was about the government shutdown was the time where I should care about political bias at the end. I just didn't get the line. I just didn't understand why Hank wanted to throw a uh, throw shade at the military at that point. But now I kind of get it. But you know. Is there no ethics in games journalism? This is pre-Gamergate, bro. Nothing is pre-Gamergate. We are in an infinite time loop where Gamergate is happening now and forever. And always has been and always will be. (laughs) You know what? You can lick my thunder feet. Honestly, uh, it's more of a sorghum. Because, uh... Sorghum good content and also thunderfoot is trying was like trying to move away from the anti-feminism stuff that content back in the day is real that that's shit back in the day was so he would take any topic and then make it about anita okay we okay we have a movie to talk about (laughs) yeah let's talk about something fucking else please god damn it in this movie and Anita Sarkeesian probably wonders why he's not a woman. 
Um, Can I quit this podcast, mid-podcast? And he doesn't have a vagina. I'm done. <laughs> Ryan Gosling also, we, we, is We have no good. idea. We, we have no idea if Ryan Gosling is, is AFAB in the movie. Whoa. And that his wife was AMAP. We don't know. That would be pretty epic if this movie said trans rights. Speaking of this movie, in trans, is in transition, uh, this movie should get sequels. Several sequels. <laughs> this movie seems like it sets up a cinematic universe, but then it doesn't. Oh yeah, I kind of, I, I now know what I can talk about now. Yeah. Have this movie made no money? Uh, well, kind of that, but before that. It made like a million in profit, I think? Well, it's about how how long it t- took to make the movie. Oof. So the script was written about like 2001 and was originally set in the modern era, like in in a contemporary setting and was supposed to be a TV show on, I think, Fox. And it kept getting, like, shuffled around for ten years and then just out of the blue, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, they get the script and three days later they both agree and with them attached they the film finally is able to get made. But even then, the film didn't do enough for it to do a a sequel or any kind of spinoff TV show to get made, even though it's just dying for that. It made made about 13 million in profit. That's not too bad. It's Hollywood cynical and likes money instead of artistic merit. But, um... I think this was supposed to be more of like a summer release as well, so it's... I assume the marketing team probably fucked it up. It was released in uh, May, so yeah. Yeah, the marketing wasn't great. Because the movie's good. They were selling a different film, I think. Like, this movie's pretty solid. I feel like if, uh, honestly, even though I hate... Alright, so I hate saying, oh, I hate, I hate praising Disney because they're evil, but oh, no. uh, if we lived in a meritocracy, oh, uh, no. Disney would in fact make everything. <laughs> you know? Not Wait. everything, but I think that Di- if Disney had the rights to this movie, the marketing would have been better. Okay. Can Disney pull myself up from my own bootstraps? I mean... I got... Hey, I got problems with Disney and how they treat, how they basically did away with 2D animation. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'm not going to lie, the 3D animation isn't terrible that they do. I mean, Pixar, I'm not counting Pixar. Um, Like, I'm talking, like, Frozen. Man, that shit doesn't look that good. Um, I, I'm a fan of 2D animation. I think it looks beautiful. I think it's timeless. Um, like, go back and look at, like, Fantasia. That shit looks great. I want both to exist. I I think there's a room for 3D animation, but mm, it, it doesn't... I, I feel like Disney has done done its audience dirty by making their age... by making their films age worse. And also not looking as good. Yeah. To be fair... Uh, a 3D computer animated movie 
uh, takes way less man hours. Ugh, man. Human hours than uh, fucking 2D No, there's there's only cis AMABs making, making movies, Ronnie. Oh, man. I'm sorry to tell you this. You'll never make it in Hollywood. Damn it. Okay, I'll just, I'll just never, I'll just be in the closet to Hollywood. My dad's from Hollywood, so therefore, uh, not being out to my dad means I'm not out to Hollywood. <laughs> Galaxy brain, my dudes. What was so, I saying? So I was okay. Uh, uh, back to the topic at hand. Uh, Russell Crowe actually said that this is one of two movies that he wanted to have a sequel but doesn't. The other one was *L.A. Confidential*. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> that makes me so mad. Someone's Burbank Confidential coming out. The great thing is, you could do a sequel to L.A. Confidential now, and have it not be as yikesy as the original L.A. Confidential. True. You won't have Kevin Spacey in it. I was not gonna say why, but oh, sword-wise, <laughs> Kevin Spacey isn't gonna wouldn't be in the sequel. It's. Spoilers for L.A. Confidential. It's fine. Kevin Spacey dies in the movie anyway. I mean, that's what I was saying. Everybody goes to Hollywood. No, it's Hollywood. Neighborhood. No, it's Hollywood. Damn it. Oh, we should... We should uh, definitely review BoJack Horseman as a full series at some point. Fuck me up. Need to uh, review the Tiger King documentary. I don't uh, want to watch it. Bree has requested it. I would watch some of it as like a. How about this? This would be I, like a good. It would be a good Patreon tier or like a yeah. thing that we could put oh. in, and my, maybe have more of like a community element to talk about it. Was, my suggestion was that we can make a lim- a tier that's limited. Uh, where you can make requests for things that are like extraneous that we don't want to watch, uh, or uh, slash things that are kind of more like shows, you know? That like, and when it comes to something that's like longer, uh, we can make it so that they have we only be part of the series or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Hey Jeffrey, how does it feel to uh? be editing this episode that's due out tomorrow. I mean, it feels fine. Okay, cool. So, give me, just send me the audio files and I'll fuck them up, fam. So, is, do we have more to talk about? Yeah, uh, I don't know if we have more to talk about. It'd be pretty weird if this was our shortest episode yet. I really like this movie, and I think there's a lot of great performances in it. I think it's one of the, not necessarily better action films of recent years, but I do think they do action in the film where it's just not overbearing. It is more understandable. Just How do, how do I say this? It is, there's an element of just like, I understand how, why these characters are reacting in this way. There are limitations people have feelings occasionally you know you throw a gun out the window it's it's interesting at the same time you do have these slightly extra human abilities not abilities but these just lucky breaks that happen as well 
as well as the unfortunate break, such as Ryan Gosling not, like, getting killed when he jumps off that building. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's partially because it's a comedy that it has some of these elements. Yeah. It's not completely grounded, which I like in a lot of aspects. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think this is one of the better... I think this is one of the best buddy cop films. So like, I mean, it's by the basically the king of buddy cop films. My, my feelings on this movie is that it, it's kind of like a, a weird marriage between the Marvel style movies and what Mar- what uh, Scorsese would actually call cinema. If that makes sense. I disagree, but I understand what you're saying. I can I can kind of see that. Like. It has the energy that I like, that I like from the Marvel movies, but it has the uh, prestige that I would expect Scorsese to like sign off and say this is cinema. You know, you know, I do agree. This is what I get from like a Guardians of the Galaxy two, like that type of vibe. But if it wasn't made by Disney, where there's like some serious, but it has like really good comedy elements, and like you care about characters, I think this movie's. Better, yeah, than any of the uh, Marvel movies. Uh, oh, to be fair, uh, this is like if Iron Man three. If we want to keep it with the the, the Marvel movies, if Iron Man three met Guardians of the Galaxy two, a little bit. But even this is like more Shane Black than Iron Man three, which I really like. It's yeah, it's a lot of Shane Black, and I Iron Man three was Shane Black on a on a leash. Also, I'm not sure. I said this could be the final thing that we say before we either pivot to another ad or just end going to like a finale. But I do have one last thing I do want to say. Is it trans rights? I mean, yes, but before that. (laughs) All right. There's a documentary that comes with the film that I have. It's just a DVD. It's only a five minute little thing. It's called Always Bet on Black. And in it, Shane Black was saying, you know, I could just make, I could just make films and I could just make things with these two characters until I die. I just, I love these characters. I'm not saying sequel, but sequel. Cinematic universe, please. And we'll never get one. We probably won't. See, what we need to do is we need to essentially spread the word and tell everyone to go buy DVD copies of The Nice Guys, and then it will get a sequel if there are enough DVD copies. So they'll be like, hey, this movie's picked up traction outside of the theater. Maybe we could give it a sequel. I was going to give a really bad idea. Oh, do tell. Get the quartering to like it. Oh, God. Oh, no. My, my bad <laughs> that we make a nice guy sequel in the form of a of semi-canon D&D talks on my uh, Twitch channel. I mean, maybe. With Zarm and uh, Edgy. And Rylan can be there too. I mean, in spirit, the... I feel like it's the unlikely team-up is more Rylan and Zarm, but the actual dynamic is closer to Edgy and Zarm. Which mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate. I, you know, this movie was really good. Uh, I wish 
the movie was a little marketed better, maybe, and more people would have seen it. Because I do yeah. think this is a really good movie. I hope it gets a big cult following. Um, it, I was, I, I I'm happy with this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy that out of our first three movies, we only had one I hated, or one that I just didn't even like. Like because Joker, I fucking hate at this point. Um, and but I actually kind of love this movie. It's kind of nice. I I, I wait to rewatch it to envelop more details of the film. Joker is a perfectly confident movie that none of us liked. Nah, um, after watching it a second time, I feel like it's less competent. I okay, it is definitely not competent. There's some things that are just bad. I, I'm 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 never watching that movie if I can help it. People will have to pay me to see that movie again. I am never. Hey. <laughs> uh, our our goal uh, for sixty nine dollars is if we get sixty nine dollars, Malachi will solo review the Joker movie again. Fuck, I will do that. Trans rights, everyone. Trans rights, MB rights, gender fluid rights. Hell yeah. Gender queer rights. Oh, just queer rights. Queer rights. Ace rights, error rights. No, ace <laughs> supremacy. Non-binary supremacy. Fuck y'all. That's the last word. Hitler.